Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome to From the Bleachers. I'm your host, as always, Seamus Clancy, coming to you from the wonderful Bleeding Green Nation Radio Podcast Network. Now, we do have one great announcement this week. We are expanding BGN to Twitch. I know our guys, Michael Kest and Benjamin Solik, have used the official BGN Twitch stream, which is, if you want to follow our Twitch channel, at BGN underscore radio on Twitch. Follow us on there, our channel. I am going to be using the BGN Twitch stream this season during Eagles games as a live sort of watch party experience for both me and my fellow Eagles fans. Now, I'm obviously someone who in the past has organized Eagles tailgates, Eagles watch parties. We did a fantastic one at Pistola del Sewer on Pashunk Ave in South Philly last year for the game in Washington. Had a ton of fun. It was great. All the tailgates that I you know ran that I usually do with my father during the season flew our BGN flag up and high. You know, had people from Maine come and visit us, had people from North Carolina, all over across the state, New Jersey, Delaware, everywhere, come there, enjoying some scrapple, eating some cheesesteaks from Phil's or hoagies from Fink's for lunch, and just soaking up that Eagles community that binds us together. And that's, you know, exactly what I love about football and the birds and how much it connects to my life. So in a way, if I'm not going to be able to physically be in the stadium, screaming my head off, my lungs out doing my defense chance, kicking my chair on third and fourth downs to draw a false start, an opposing penalty. I need to do something else to channel that passion, to channel that intensity. I think t- intensity has a positive connotation here where you could go a negative way with this, but I'm not going to do that yet. Maybe if they're losing, it's going to a little negative, but trying to keep some positive vibes going into this weekend. But ultimately, I'm going to be doing this thing where just have a Twitch stream up of myself watching the Eagles game. Obviously, I'm not going to be streaming the Eagles game on there. That's illegal. I don't want people to get different ideas. This is, a, you know, an alternate, you know, stream of the Eagles game that I'm putting up there. It's just me sitting in my living room with my Eagles jersey on, my bucket hat, whatever. We, next episode, I'm going to do another podcast this week. We're going to talk about Eagles rituals and the clothes you wear on game day and all that good and fun stuff. But every Sunday... Going forward, about 15, 30 minutes before the Eagles game, I'm going to hop on the Twitch stream. I'll tweet it out to you guys. If you guys aren't following me on Twitter, what are you doing already? At Seamus underscore Clancy. Uh, obviously, follow the at Bleeding Green account and at BGN underscore radio accounts on Twitter as well. But I'll be in there. Have a live reaction. I know websites like The Ringer and Barstool have done similar events in the past, but we never had a truly, truly Philly-centric one. 
And I think this would be a perfect opportunity when Eagles fans are socially distant and more disconnected than ever where we're not watching games in your favorite bar in Center City or if you live in South Jersey, Mainline, wherever you may be, or you're not, you know, maybe you can't have those crazy Sunday parties that usually have at your house where you have some gigantic man cave or a big furnished basement where you have 10, 15 people over. Maybe it's just you and your spouse. Maybe it's just you and your parents, you and your best friend that you've seen, your siblings, whatever. But I want to kind of bring my intensity, what I do best in terms of just having a pure emotional reaction to the Eagles. And I think, you know, if I described my one aspect of my writing and my you know, connection to the Eagles and journalism and media and all these things, it's just there's an authenticity there where everything's pure, even though it might be not great, might be negative, might be over the top, might be angry, might be almost embarrassing in in a way. Uh, it's all pure. It's all raw. And I think people that are in, from Philadelphia and people that are Eagles fans specifically can really relate to that and at times see themselves in that pure, unadulterated emotion and intensity and just going effing bonkers. You know, if you're going to watch this, I definitely tune in. I'll be going the entire game. Also, I signed up for DirecTV, not DirecTV, Sunday ticket this year. Going to have it on my second TV. Uh, Move the bedroom TV from the bedroom to the living room during quarantine because all the baseball, NBA playoff, NHL hockey, RIP the Flyers, all that good stuff where I could be watching a Flyers playoff hockey simultaneously with a Phillies baseball game. So now I'll have the Eagles on my main TV and I'll have the second TV in there watching whenever games are on at one o'clock. Then I'll have two, four o'clock games on. Then at night, I'll have a wonderful Sunday night football game where I watch the Rams smash the Cowboys before in turn getting smashed by the Eagles in week two. So again, check us out on Twitch at BGN underscore radio. We have, you know, we just have this account building up now. I have a couple of followers on there looking to build up and have this be a great thing for the Eagles all season. And, you know, we could do some live chatting on there as well, uh, text chatting, and then, you know, just have a real visceral reaction to the birds. You're not going to want to miss that first touchdown of the season. If the Eagles go seven up, up seven on that first drive, and it's a, you know, a 45 yard touchdown pass to Deshaun Jackson, you know, the, the internal microphone on my computer might physically explode into a thousand pieces. Uh, I'm going to blow the roof off my effing apartment. I got to always do those fake curse words on here. This is a clean podcast. This is a family centric podcast. Uh, so sometimes it's hard for me to hold back, but I can assure you that on that Twitch stream, the F bombs will be flowing. Unfortunately, fortunately, however you may see it. Fortunately, if they're doing well and I'm screaming that this is the best effing game of my life, fortunately, unfortunately, if I'm just screaming, why is Howie Roseman have an effing job? Stuff like that. But to surmise, follow us on Twitch at BGN underscore radio. Going to have a ton of fun with this year. Uh, again, one more thing I want to plug is my subscription newsletter, patreon.com backslash Seamus underscore Clancy. Uh, we have a newsletter. We have two tiers. We have a $2 tier. You get a newsletter every Monday through Friday morning, uh, talking to all things Philly sports, Eagles, Sixers, Flyers, a little bit of pop culture mixed into. Obviously, you know, I've talked a ton about the Flyers this summer, and as we build in the next season, they will become part of the rotation once again. Uh, but I also added a new feature this week, a $5 tier, which you get all those Monday through Friday newsletters in your inbox. That's your standard 20 newsletters per month or so. 
But I'm also adding an additional Sunday specific newsletter to my Patreon where you could talk about where I'm talking about uh, my official, you know, quarter by quarter Eagles predictions for that week, plus some gambling and fantasy picks. So if you like my writing, if you're already subscribed to the newsletter, check out the five dollar tier. And if you haven't checked out my newsletter at all, I think it's worth it. I put a lot of time in it. You're getting, you know, seven, eight hundred words a day into your email news box. And this Sunday newsletter is going to be effing awesome. I'm so excited for it. Just another level of what I'm doing in here, you know, trying to build up my writing portfolio right now, given the you know economic climate we're in. So if you like the podcast, check it out. But the main thing we're getting to today is I expected to come in today's, into today's podcast angry. I'm recording this on Monday evening around 7.39 p.m. My plan for today was to go on a rant. I'm always going on a rant, obviously, but to talk specifically about how for the first time in my life, I was truly, truly worried about the state of the Eagles offensive line. Now, the Eagles have had ups and downs during my time as an Eagles fan. I was born in 1994. The beginning of my Eagles fandom is right at the beginning of the Andy Reid era, 2000, 2001. Those Eagles teams that were fantastic, the, the golden era of the franchise. And then we had the chip years and some down years and at the end of the Andy era and now the dog era, which we all love. It's the best. You know, flags fly forever. Got that ring, baby. But even in those down years, the one standard for the franchise has been their offensive line play. They've had, in my time as an Eagles fan, so this is since 2001, these numbers are. First season, I was a huge fan. First time they had a Pro Bowl offensive lineman in the Andy Reid era. So since 2001, the Eagles have had nine different offensive linemen selected to the Pro Bowl with 25 total selections between them. That's insane. So we have Jason Kelsey, who's made three Pro Bowlers, currently the team's starting center. Brandon Books, three Pro Bowls, who looks like he will miss the majority of the season. But that guy is an animal, a crazy workout guy. He's, you know, he's someone who could tear both of his ACLs and MCLs. And the next day he'll be doing, you know, reverse backflip push-ups or something crazy on Instagram. And then he ends up playing in a month. That dude is a warrior and animal, both on and off the field. Love the guy. And, you know, if comes down to week 16, week 17, the playoffs, and the Eagles are in the thick of it, and he could come back. What a story. And what a game changer for the birds if that happens. You also have Evan Mathis during the chip era, two-time Pro Bowl. Sean Andrews in 2006-2007, a guy who I think in retrospect got a really bad rap at the time. He was the best guard in the NFL and he got a huge contract. And there's, you know, people in time have viewed, you know, the discrepancy between players and owners better. I think, you know, people are more reticent to criticize players for their contracts now and look, are more supportive of the players. Uh, he got a huge contract and then Looked like he had some mental health issues, talking about depression and anxiety. And he was really criticized for that. And, you know, I've talked about my own struggles with my mental health on this podcast and my writing for BGN on Twitter, all these things. And, you know, at times, you know, if you remember my interview with the Matthew Quick, the author of Civil Linings Playbook I did earlier this year, you understand that. And it's a thing with Sean Andrews where look at Brandon Brooks and the reception he's had when discussing his mental health publicly over the last handful of years during his stint with the Eagles. Now that there's some detractors there, but that's the vocal minority. Majority of people love Brandon Books and they will support him. And they are thankful he gives a voice to the voiceless, people who are scared to discuss their mental health, men who might be scared to discuss their mental health. So I did want to just go on a quick rant about Sean Andrews, who I think, you know, at the time was the best guard in football, got a big contract, had some depression issues that people made fun of him for. But, you know, if he came along 15 years later, no one would be saying those things. They'd be really supportive and maybe 
his career would have lasted longer like Brooks is now. So that's it. Sean Andrews, two selections. Jermaine Mayberry during the Andy era, one selection. Current right tackle, Lane Johnson, three selections. One of the greatest players in the history of the franchise, a first ballot Hall of Famer in the future, Jason Peters, seven selections, the Pro Bowl franchise legend. We also have Trey Thomas uh, with three selections, the stoic left tackle dating back to the Andy era, and John Runyon, one-time selection in 2002. So essentially, this was ex- what excited me about the Andre Dillard pick initially back in 2019. I think a lot of people have soured on him since then. We've gotten a lot of mixed signals from the franchise about him, the way they view him. He obviously wasn't a majority starter last year, played some time when Jason Peters went down. Didn't look fantastic, looked okay. And this year, we were really expecting Andre to become the next great left tackle in franchise history. He suffers this season-ending injury, and he's a little bit older for his age-year group or class, uh, however you want to say it. So next year, we're looking for him to be a starter in the NFL, full-time starter for the first time in 2021, and he'll be age 26. It's been this constant since Trey Thomas was on the team in 1998, to Jason Peters coming through in 1999 to ostensibly this year in 2020, Andre Diller is supposed to take that mantle from those multiple-time pro bowlers, those franchise linchpins, and Trey and JP. And he was supposed to be the guy to carry us into the next decade before the fourth guy comes along. And just the Eagles have this you know history of just having amazing left tackles. And you know I'm not criticizing Diller for being injured. It's terrible, and I really wish he could have played and we could have seen the potential that he carried in the last NFL draft back in 2019 where he was presumed to be the best pass-blocking left tackle in the entire draft. And now we're another year of not having him out there as a full-time starter. We don't know what he's going to bring in 2021. We don't know how this injury could even affect him. It's scary, and again, this is the most worried I've been about the Eagles' offensive line during my entire time as an Eagles fan. It's crazy to say that. How many times have you worried about the quarterback all the time? How many times have you worried about linebacker, secondary, the wide receivers, the running backs? All of those things. All of the time. But the offensive line, outside of quarterback, the most integral part of your NFL team, I've been blessed and very fortunate that the Eagles have had such stability at that position. Now, it was announced today. Doug Peterson announced that Jason Peters came into his office and said, hey, I'm being left tackle now. Doug gave him a hug. Love it. Long time coming. Anyone who thought the little experiment of, oh, let's play our starting right guard at left tackle and play our starting left tackle at right guard. It was a bunch of hooey. We knew that was going to last. We knew JP was going to eventually start week one left tackle. And here we are. It was a lot of a uh, game of chicken. They were playing with each other for JP's contract. He hasn't gotten a new contract yet, but... To be frank, I would expect it to happen sometime in the next week or so. Maybe depending on how he plays in week one, they will get a rework contract done for JP, which all about players getting their money. If JP's playing left tackle, maybe they have a you know an incentive Latin contract where he starts X amount of games at left tackle. He'll get a pay bump of X million dollars. I think that would be fair for both parties. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. 
And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. But even given JP going back into that left tackle role, not the most durable guy in the world by any means, he's not going to start all 16 games. He's not going to finish 12, 13 games. He's going to be missing time during the game. You know, he might miss entire games too. And we don't have that depth that also has been a hallmark of the team. Just think back to the Super Bowl year where a guy like a Big V comes in as this swing tackle and is this above average starting left tackle on a Super Bowl winning squad that scored 41 points in the Super Bowl. Now that guy went to the Lions this offseason for a gigantic contract. Good for him. But there's a lack of depth on this offensive line, especially now you have Brandon Brooks out for the year as well. So you're missing two starters, two guys that you would assume could be pro bowlers this year, maybe the best guard in the entirety of football in Brandon Brooks, plus a guy you're hoping to become a future pro bowler in Andre Dillard. So the death's in shambles because you wanted JP to play right guard and hopefully Dillard to hold his own at left tackle and have throw him there. And Matt Pryor was more of a depth guy, but they're throwing him out there at right guard. Now you have a guy like Jack Driscoll, uh, who's a day three pick for the Birds in the draft this year. I really like him. I'm high on him. Uh, they have him listed as a tackle. He might be a little small for the tackle. He could play some guard, I think. But someone who, if they really weren't going to keep JP at right guard, I know he hasn't done a lot of practice at left tackle in camp, but he's someone I've been intrigued by throwing at left tackle. You know, and then they have Nate Herbig, who I think at this time, they're pretty good with Ike at left guard. I think they want Herbig to be uh, Jason Kelsey's successor. And, you know, just as old as JP is and thinking where he's going to retire, be gone every year. Kelsey's getting up there. He's made it no secret that he's considered retiring multiple times. He will be back this year, but that's a year-to-year thing. For all we know, we could be without Jason Kelsey and Jason Peters, two of the best offensive linemen we've ever seen in this franchise as soon as next year. And those are gigantic holes. And then Brandon Brooks is coming back from his, you know, what, this will be his third season-ending injury after uh, the 2018 playoff game against New Orleans. And this past season, uh, he got hurt in the Week 17 Giants game, missed the playoff game. So now you got Matt Pryor out there. Jordan Maylotta right now is your swing tackle, which I don't have a lot of confidence in. Until we see him actually suit up in the game and be a competent NFL player, I will be a believer in him. I love the idea of him. I love him as a guy. Seems like a fantastic person. We share a barber. I've talked to him a couple of times. Nice guy. I'm not up his butt like some people on there. Some people in there are like, oh, can I take a picture with Jordan? I, I can't be doing that. That's people are he's getting he's getting a haircut. Let him relax. Anyway, not super confident as the swing tackle right now. If he had a start week one, I would have been in, in shambles. I would have been worried sick. And I'm still a little worried because of who the Eagles are specifically playing. The Eagles are playing the Washington football team. Not the Washington R-words. The Washington football team. And they have on their team one of the biggest Eagles killers of my lifetime, Brian Kerrigan. A guy who I think is widely underrated nationally who... When he goes against Lane Johnson, who I believe to be the best right tackle in football and has been for some time since Lane's been on the team in 2013, Kerrigan owns him as much as it pains me to say. I love Lane Johnson. 
Dog mask, everything Super Bowl hero. One of the greatest players I've seen on the team in my lifetime. Brian Kerrigan owns the guy. And now on the other side of the ball, ooh, ooh, I'm, I'm not excited to see this guy for the next 15 years, 12 years, 15 years, whatever that may be. Chase Young, the second pick in this draft. I was really concerned. I think JP, JP's not what he used to be, but I think JP was an above average left tackle last year. He still is despite his age. He's going against a guy a lot of people truly believe to be the next Lawrence Taylor. Now, if Matt Pryor were to be playing, I would even think this has disaster potential. Winston Justice against the Giants on Monday Night Football, Sunday Night Football, whatever it was, disaster potential. But JP out there gives me another sense of confidence. I'm still worried because Chase Young is this X-Factor. Obviously, there's college tape on him. We haven't seen him in the NFL yet. We don't know exactly how Ron Revere's defense is going to utilize him best. It looks like I'm assuming he will be going against uh, the Eagles left tackle. If that was Matt Pryor, I would have been wigging out. If it was Andre Dillard, I was still going to be pretty scared because Chase Young is this physically intimidating freak of nature who looks like he could just you know, smash my body into a billion pieces if he just like put his finger on my nose. Looked like the guy Spider-Man and Infinity War disintegrating. That's what it looked like if Chase Young just like tapped me on my head. But we have JP out there. Uh, <laughs> I'd be shocked to be frank if he's going to play the whole game. So I don't know if they're going to do that. Are they going to put a prior starting at right guard? They move him back to left tackle. Are they going to throw Driscoll and her hair big in at right guard? I don't know what they're going to do. It's scary. Because I think Chase Young's going to get some time. He might be going up against – it's not impossible. There will be snaps this Sunday where Chase Young is going against Jordan Maylotta. Now, that's a scary situation for the Philadelphia Eagles, for Carson Wentz, for his health and safety, for my own mental well-being, for your mental well-being as a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Scary proposition there. It does look like there may be a reinforcements on the way, though. Uh, the Eagles are working out former Bengals offensive tackle Cordy Glenn, who has been you know, a starter in his five-year career for the Bengals. Started a couple games last year, had a concussion situation that turned into kind of a personal uh, confrontation, uh, some disagreements with management, the organization. I think he actually punched an assistant coach or someone in the front office or something along those lines. Not great, but hey, if the guy started games in the NFL at offensive tackle and seems competent, that's a guy you want on your team. I don't really like the idea of Cordy Glenn starting left tackle uh, in front of protecting the blind side of your franchise quarterback and protecting the blind side of Carson Wentz. But the idea of Cordy Glenn swing tackle, a guy who could fill in for J.P. or Lane here and there, I'm on board with that. So hopefully that comes to fruition. For all I know, by the time you're listening to this, Cordy Glenn could be on the team. He could have signed elsewhere. But as of 7.53 p.m. on Monday, November 7th, I am pro Cordy Glenn as the bird swing tackle. So that's it for me. I'm scared about the offensive line. JP helps me out a little bit there. Hopefully, I mean, I think certainly Matt Pryor's more equipped to be a right guard than a, than a left tackle for sure. So I think, you know, I think Pryor may have been better than JP at right guard too. So it's an upgrade at two positions simultaneously, which is something we desperately, desperately need. And I think he showed some promise even in that Seattle playoff game uh, back in January after Brandon Brooks went out in week 17. So I do have some optimism for Pryor as a guard, I'm not high on as a tackle, but as a right guard, I'm into that idea. I'm buying Matt Pryor as a right guard, selling him as a left tackle. But again, that's it for me. Check out my Patreon newsletter, patreon.com 
backslash Seamus underscore Clancy. Check out our Twitch channel. Our new Twitch streams will be doing during Birds games at BGN underscore radio. Follow Bleeding Green Nation. Follow BGN Radio on Twitter. Love you. Love all you guys out there. Love you, Eagles fans, whoever you identify yourself. Go Birds. And I'm doing another pod this week. You'll hear me soon. Gotcha. I'm haunted by